Welcome to the New Hope Leeward podcast. New Hope Leeward, can we give uh, Heather another hand for her testimony and our creative and worship teams? Welcome, my name is Josiah. I'm the senior pastor here at the church. Welcome all of you here at Coppole. Uh, those of you out in the foyer, I've not forgotten about you. I love you as well. Those of you online uh, who are online watching on here on Oahu, the neighbor island all around the world, we are so glad that you are here as well. And we're here today because our Jesus is risen. Would you say amen to that? He is not dead. And this is a very big deal for you and I. It means that the hope that we have is real. See, if Jesus just stayed dead, he would have been another wild revolutionary, another charismatic charlatan, another madman claiming to be God, another false promise on a timeline of history that is full of empty promises and people in power and politicians making promises to us. Jesus died in front of his followers, rose again and appeared to hundreds. And 10 out of the 11 disciples went to their death claiming that this was true. And here we are now 2,000 years later because what Jesus did back then still affects us today. Would you say amen to that? And I'm excited about it. Now, so I was thinking about, I wanna start off today like, uh, with excitement. I was thinking if only there was a word or rather two words that we shout out here in Hawaii when we're excited. And I was like, I know we got to do a chihu. Okay. So we're going to do a communal chihu together. Now, if you're from the mainland and you're like, I have no idea what a chihu is um, on the mainland, you guys go hooray. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> or something like that. I don't know. In Hawaii, we have a chihu. We don't, you don't say it with your mouth or your throat. It, it comes from the chest. You say it with your chest. Okay. So I don't know if you can hear it in my voice, uh, but I've uh, decided to go through puberty again and my voice is going away. And I tried yesterday and I, the devil's attacking me because I could not, I could not chihu to give you a sample. Like I, I pride myself as a howly boy of having a good chihu. And so I need, a, I, need a, I need a chihu champion. I need someone to stand in for me in order to show everybody what a proper chihu sounds like. And so I'm gonna pick one of you at random. Eeny, meeny, miny. Christian, our youth director, okay? So Christian, if you could uh, stand up for us. Yeah, untie the hair, Maui, please. Um, <laughs> Would you show him? Oh, okay, that was good, he was ready. He was ready, ready, that was really good. Now, if you wanna know what my chihu sounds like, it sounds just like that, okay? That's exactly... Why do I read a service laughs when I say that? Um, so I want, I, I, like, Jesus is risen. I want you to give me a good one, okay? I don't, I don't want no, I don't want no east side, like, chihu, okay? Like, I want, I want, I want, it, it's, it's a graduation, and your cousin from Eva Beach, you didn't think he would graduate, but he did, okay? That's, that, you know what I'm talking about, the air horn, me, 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 like, okay? I want, I want that kind of chihu, okay? On, on the count of three. Do it up, okay? Not like in the face of a person next to you, okay? On the count of three. And I can't even do it, so I'm gonna be the director. I'm gonna go up on the chi, down on the who, okay? Ready? On the count of three. One, two, three. Oh, that was so... <laughs> this is my favorite thing. In every service, one titta has to chihu at the end to flex on everybody else. So good. So good. Okay, before we start, one last final joke because I can't forget it. Knock, knock. Chi. Oh, chi. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay. You're like, can you preach already? I will. I promise. I promise. I promise. 
This is the most significant event in, in history. Would you say amen, church? It is significant. And so today we're going to be in Luke 24. If you have your Bible, you can open up there. If you have your notes, you can open up there as well. And um, you can follow along on the app. We'll have it on the screens. And actually, here, here's what I want to do too before we uh, go into today is I, I just want to pray for us really quick because I, I have this sense, I had this sense for this weekend um, that our God is actually always speaking and talking to us. Would you say amen? Always. A lot of times he's talking to us and you and I, even myself, we're, we're not listening. And so my hope here today, I really actually don't hope that you hear my message. I actually hope that you personally hear from the Lord today. Like, I, I really hope that you feel the Holy Spirit because we are not here to celebrate and remember some dead guy. We are here to remember and celebrate our Jesus who is alive. And so I want you to feel alive today. And so would you bow your heads with me? Just, you can feel it. <clears throat> you can feel it in the room, Lord. We know that you're here, and, and here means a lot of things. Here means in this room. Here means in the foyer. Here means online. Where, wherever we are, Lord, you are there too. And there's a lot of us here, you've been calling us for a while. And so can we just start off with this truth today, that Lord, you are so glad that we are here. We might wonder how you feel about us, but Lord, you love us so so much. And so I pray, Jesus, that you would speak directly to us today as individuals. Lord, would you shut me up in the times that you need to shut me up? Would you speak through me? And Lord, would you speak directly to your children today, wherever they're sitting? We love you, Lord. We love you, Jesus. We pray this in your matchless and holy name. We all say together, amen. amen. Let's jump in. Okay, Luke 24. <clears throat> We're going to cover 12 verses together. And uh, we're going to take it piece by piece, bit by bit. So let's start off in Luke 24, verse 1. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, <clears throat> the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. So on Friday, Jesus dies. On Saturday, absolutely nothing happens. And now it's Sunday. And some of the women who followed Jesus set out for his tomb. Now, here's what's interesting. They are not there to see the resurrected Christ. They are there to bring spices to the tomb, kind of in the way that you and I bring flowers uh, to a casket or to a graveside. They are there to honor a dead man. They're not there to see a miracle. They are there to beautify a corpse. The book of Mark, they begin discussing on the way there, how are we gonna roll away this stone from the tomb only to find when they get there, this stone had already been rolled away. Verse two. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. These were the angels that had already scared away the Roman guards standing watch. Verse five. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, look at this question. Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, he has risen. So the angels seem surprised that the women seem surprised. Why do you seek the living? Why do you look for Jesus who is very life itself? Why do you look for him in a tomb, in a place that is reserved for death? He is not here. 
And this question that the angels ask, it rings out through the ages and it even rings out to our society and our world today. It's a valid question to ask yourself. Why do you seek the living among the dead? Humanity is on this never-ending hunt or search for things that make us feel alive. You and I are always searching for love and fulfillment and acceptance and identity and purpose. We are always searching for life. But here's the thing, and it is true for every single one of us. You can write this down in your notes. We often search for life in the wrong places. You and I often search for life in the wrong places. We search for it in relationships, in success, in money, in our sin, in our self-proclaimed freedom. We search for life in enjoyment and vacations and hobbies and music and movies and our, and our phones that we're, that we're just endlessly glued to. We are constantly seeking life in places that do not have it. And when we don't get it, when the thing that we bought does not satisfy again, when the amount of money that we're making, and we said, if I only made this amount, when it is not enough again, when another relationship falls through, our answer to the problem is always exactly the same. I I must just need more. I just need more of it. And surely it will satisfy me this next time. I think Heather, uh, who shared her testimony, she kind of put some words to maybe how some of you are feeling. She talked about it like this cycle. And the cycle is this. When we hope in something and we're let down, and we hope in something and we're let down again, and we hope again and we're let down again, every single time that we're let down, we're left feeling a little bit more tired and just a little bit more hopeless. I'm gonna give you an example. Um, Disneyland um, is the happiest uh, place on earth, okay? When you walk in. Okay, so when you walk in, there's a lot going on, right? There's like, there's, there's music playing, uh, like Mickey and the gang are all there dancing. There's parades happening. Families are hugging and smiling and taking pictures together. Um, if you ever go with your family, if you ever go to the Magic Kingdom, I want you to do something for me, okay? I want you to, when you get there, I want you to observe all of this as you walk into the park. Okay, and then here's what I want you to do. I want you to stay until the bitter end when the park closes and I want you to watch how everybody walks out of the park. It's a different scene, man, okay? You're gonna find yourself, I'll I'll describe it to you, I've, I've done this before. You will find yourself in the saddest, quietest procession down Main Street, okay? Every parent has their shoulders slumped Fathers are are limping, mothers are sunburned, bank accounts have been emptied, and children are imploding everywhere. I went with my family, it's a true story, I went with my family, and at the end of the day, one of my kids was in his stroller, and he was just sobbing, he was just, not because we were leaving the park, he was just sobbing, and I went, buddy, what's wrong? And he went, I don't know. (laughs) It's just too much. It's too much for him. And so kids have imploded everywhere. They implode in different ways. Some have fallen asleep. Some are crying. Some are screaming. Some have turned to liquid in their parents' arms like this. And nobody is smiling. Nobody's hugging. Nobody's taking pictures. Why? Because nobody wants to remember this moment right here. And as if it couldn't get any worse, okay? As you are walking out, Mickey and the gang are there. They're there again. And you know what they're there to do? 
They're there to sell your kids $30 light-up balloons as you leave. <laughs> like as if greedy little rat already took all my money. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> okay, there's a point to this. I promise. I promise. There's a, it's not just me. I know we have a lot of workers from Aulani. I'm so sorry. I just, you're probably staying there. It's a great place. Okay, all right. This perfectly represents the way that you and I often walk into things that will give us life and the way that we often walk out. That you and I will often walk in with all this hope and then we walk out and we're so tired. Why? Because things in this world can bring happiness and they do. They absolutely do. But it's temporary. They bring happiness, but they can't bring us life. Why? Because everything in this world has an expiration date and something that has an expiration date cannot bring life. And so you and I, we often, when we hope in things that have no life, we often feel dead ourselves. And it's no wonder. It's no wonder that humanity, we're so miserable. We are so tired. We are so restless. The angel says these words, and I think it's a word. I think it's a word for you and I. Why do you seek the living among the dead? He says, he is not here. Why? Because as you seek the living among the dead in this life, what you are really looking for is Jesus. John 14, 6, he says, he is the way, he is the truth, and he is the what? The life. He's life itself. But your relationships, he is not here. Your wealth he is not here. Your sin, your enjoyment, he is not here. And you can spend your life searching, and a lot of people do. But he will not be found there. Why? Because he is not here. He has risen. The verses go on. The angels keep talking to the women. They say, remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners be crucified and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. Jesus told his disciples, what's crazy, he told his disciples, he told the women that it would happen exactly like this, that he would die and he would rise again. And it seems like every single one of them forgot. He had more, he had more than the 12 disciples. He had these women, he had more followers than that. And it seems as though not one of them, not one was waiting by the tomb at maybe the off chance that Jesus rose again. And I think, this is me speculating, I think it speaks to the utter brutality of the cross. They watched him bleed. They watched him cry out in agony. They watched as his side was pierced. They watched him breathe his last. And it was so gruesome. It was so final that they had completely forgotten his words. But the angel quotes Jesus in saying, it, it must, it had to happen this way. Why? You can write this down. Jesus died to give us life. Very simply, he died to give us life. Since the fall in the garden, you and I are born into sin. Every single one of us. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And if you wanna see this play out, like if you wanna see how sinful humanity actually is, uh, look no further than uh, toddlers, okay, toddlers. And I, and I know there's some, some parents here, you don't wanna believe it. I love when parents go, 
not my child, he's an angel. Yeah, fallen angel, maybe, okay? So, I'm <laughs> just kidding, demons, all of them, all right? So, think about, <laughs> I have a lot of them, trust me, I, I know. Um, toddlers, from, from, from the moment they can walk, from the moment they can talk, they, they push boundaries, right? And they ignore instruction. And really, if you think about it, as we grow up into adolescence and into our adulthood, we don't really actually change that much we're kind of still these toddlers walking around just doing whatever we want. Why? Because we are born into sin. And here's the thing about sin. Sin itself, it, it carries a curse. And, and here's the curse, Romans uh, 6.23. For the wages of sin is death. That's the curse. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. It's a free gift. Why? Because it's free for us but it was not free for him. Jesus said it must happen this way. Why? Because somebody had to pay our bill of death. Somebody had to have the full cup of God's wrath poured out on him. Someone had to step into our place because we were incapable of saving ourselves. Jesus died to give us life, true life, eternal life. And this is why the cross and the resurrection, I'll explain it this way. It's always helped me understand why both are so very important. See, at the cross, Jesus wrote a check for your soul. He wrote a check for your life. Now, if Jesus just stayed dead, if he was in some tomb in the Middle East and we could go just visit and look at his bones, then that would mean that the check that was written at the cross was no good. It would mean there's no funds. It would have bounced. At the cross, Jesus wrote a check for your life. And at the resurrection, that check, it cleared. Would you say amen to that? It cleared. He was buried alongside sin and death. And he emerged victoriously, leaving the sin and the death in the ground. So now you and I, we're not only forgiven, we're actually brought into a relationship with him that doesn't start one day in heaven. One day things are gonna be great. One day things will be better. One day I'll have life and life abundant and eternal life. No, 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 it, it actually starts and it begins right now. We search for life among the dead, but it can only be found in Christ. Verse nine, so reading on just from where we were. When they, so the women came back from the tomb. Okay, so they're like getting ready to go tell the disciples what happened. I cannot imagine. Like I was excited. I was excited to like share this message with you. I was excited for Good Friday. But here's the thing about Good Friday. We, we, we celebrate, we remember the cross, but we know Jesus is gonna raise. Like, like we know Sunday it's gonna be okay. Like we've seen the end of the book. The women didn't know that. The disciples didn't know that. And so now they get to tell the disciples that Jesus has risen. Okay, they're so excited. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the 11 and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. So it was, uh, it was multiple women. Now, quick sidebar, because the disciples actually don't believe them. Quick sidebar, if, if they made all this up, so some people say, well, the disciples, they just made everything up. Jesus didn't actually raise, okay? If, if that's true, then they took the prank really far by going to their death, okay? They, they took it pretty far. But if they had just written the story themselves, I don't think they would have allowed themselves to look so faithless and foolish. 
If I got to write history, I would be like, and Josiah was waiting by the tomb Sunday morning. You know, like I would have, I would have made myself look really good. They look so dumb. And they only get more and more dumb as the scriptures go on. And, and, and furthermore, uh, they, they, they wouldn't have had the first messengers of the resurrection be women. Because in those days, in those days, the testimony of women was not deemed as valid in those days. And so I keep saying in those days, so nobody beats me up in the parking lot. In those days, that's how it was. And so they would not have written it this way. Why did they write it this way? Because this is how it happened. Verse 11. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Some versions say uh, idle tales. Sounded like fairy tales to them, and they, they doubt. Okay, think about this for a second. These are the guys. These are the guys that walked with Jesus. They heard him talk. They saw his miracles. They've seen other people raised from the dead. This is not the first time that this has ever happened before, where death was some problem to be overcome. And yet, they doubt. And, and, and actually, if you think about it, actually, if you, again, if you go on in the scriptures, it gets, it gets so much worse. They just continue to doubt. They, finally, Jesus has to appear to them and Thomas isn't there and Thomas shows back up and Thomas is like, it's such a jerk. He's like, I gotta put my finger in his side, <laughs> like about it. And Jesus, he just, he just keeps walking with them through this doubt. There's some of you, if you were to be honest, you would say that, you know what, I've, I've been in a season of doubt and I've been in a season of doubt for kind of a long time. There's a lot that's happened over the last couple years. There's a lot that we've been through as people. And so maybe like the disciples, there was a time in which you believed, but circumstances have strangled out your faith. Maybe it's too hard to believe in a loving God that would let you suffer the way that you have or that would take somebody so dear to you, somebody that you prayed for and believed for. Maybe it's too difficult to believe in a loving God after all that you've done. You know in the back of your mind, you are, yes, I'm a child of God, I know it, I sing it, but you feel like an estranged child of God, even if you've been in church this whole time. There's some of you that you feel as though his grace has an expiration date, and maybe, just maybe, that date has already passed. And there are some of you here, and, and we, we actually usually don't address you on Easter, but I think we should. There are those of you that are dragged to church by your grandma, grabbed, dragged to church by mom. You don't want to be here. Just like, ugh, gonna to put on a dress shirt. It's the worst, you know, like. And you're, you're kind of more of a, maybe you believed when you were younger, but you're kind of more of a, hey, I'm going to believe it when I see it type of person. And you know what? Peter was the same way. So Peter hears all of this, and actually Peter and John, they both run to the tomb. I just wanna focus on Peter, but look at what Peter does with his doubt. Because doubt, doubt itself, friends, doubt is not a problem. Doubt, actually, if you think about it, faith only exists in spite of doubt. So doubt, it makes room for faith. Doubt is not a problem. It's what we do with our doubt that matters. Look at verse 12, look at what Peter does. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves. And he went away wondering to himself what had happened. And so we, we, he sees that the strips of linen lying there neatly. Why? Because it wasn't ripped off a lifeless body in haste. 
but rather it was taken off by the person that was wearing them. And Peter doesn't even fully believe. He does not even fully believe yet. That's what's crazy. Not until Jesus appears to him. He walks away wondering what had happened. And as I was preparing for this message, what, what, what kind of struck me is that Jesus is so patient with our unbelief. He is so patient with our doubts. And he is so patient with your journey that I know it's high and low and all around. He is so patient with us. And so would you write this down if you're taking notes, this last point. Life waits on the other side of our doubt. Life waits, Jesus waits, and not far beyond. It's not as though you gotta get past your doubt and you gotta trudge, you gotta go to church, you gotta do this and do that, right? He exists right on the other side of your doubt. And so maybe, maybe, maybe this Easter, for those of you that believe that maybe you feel a little bit stale, for those of you that believed at one point and stopped, and those of you that are still kind of on the fence about all of this, maybe this is the Easter that you go back to the tomb and you check for yourself. Because it's interesting, right? The disciples didn't believe by words. The women told the disciples that Jesus had risen. That was not enough for them to believe. So yeah, maybe a pastor telling you and trying to convince you. I used to get real stressed out about Easter. Not anymore. I used to get real stressed out. I gotta convince everybody. I gotta, they only come once a year. I gotta convince them. No, I don't. If Jesus is alive, which he is, and if your heart is ready, then he's gonna engage with you. And so what I wanna do is this, and you know, we're gonna, we'll end with a time of prayer as we normally do, and, and I want us to worship really big at the end because I think it's important that we do that. But, I, but what I wanna do for a moment is I wanna give you a chance to just kind of go back to the tomb, so to speak, like, like, like spiritually. And we're just gonna do that by just, I'm gonna give you the, the, the gift of, of just kind of space for a moment. And I wanna let the Holy Spirit direct this time. It's not gonna get weird or anything like that. If anything, it's gonna just get really quiet. And I'm gonna kind of walk you through this. If, if this is kind of new to you, kind of new to the Lord, I'm gonna kind of walk you through this prayer time a little bit, but I'm really gonna do my best, and this is hard for me. I'm gonna do my best to shut my mouth. And I wanna let the Lord just speak to you. So if you're here in person, in the sanctuary, in person, in the foyer, uh, if you're online, would you do this for me? Would you bow your heads? A couple minutes. And this part right here, this part right here, it's more important than the message. It's more important than anything that I could say. Jesus is alive. He came to bring us life. And so when we come to him, it's, it's not always this grandiose experience every time. But we feel different. We feel the, the weight of our sin for a moment and then we feel the freedom and the lightness that comes after. And so if you're here and you don't know really where to begin with God, you don't really know where to start, would you start by letting him know where you are? Where are you? What's going on in your life? How are you feeling right now in this moment? What's the sin that you've been struggling with? Would you bring that out? Just bring it out in your heart. You're just talking to the Lord quietly. Just, just take a moment to do that.
Some of you feel an, an immense amount of shame and guilt. Let him know about that too. I know some of us were raised this way, but Jesus didn't die so that you could walk around in your life just feeling guilty in church. He died to bury that shame, bury that guilt once and for all. Now, if you're here, your heart's open. Again, this is just gonna be right at your seat. But if you're in this place of saying, you know what, Lord, whether you're a Christian or not, somewhere in between, and you're just like, Lord, I just wanna experience your presence. Our posture matters. And so would you do this for me? If you wanna, if you wanna experience God, experience his life, would you just put your hands out in front of you just like this, just in the posture of surrender? And there's some of you that feel nothing and that's okay, that's all right. Keep, keep going to church, keep just sitting here with me in this moment. There's some of you that you just, you feel home. And if you could describe what that feels, it's just home. Some of you feel warm, some of your shoulders feel like that's the Holy Spirit. So God, we ask for more. We ask for more of my brothers and sisters here in the sanctuary, in, in the foyer online. We ask for more, Lord, more of you, less of us, more of you, less of us. There's some here, a, a woman, or maybe it's multiple women that you've been abused in your life and you feel like you will never, like the wounds will never, ever heal. Lord, I pray that you would bring healing right now. Might still be a journey after this. Would you bring healing right now in this moment? There's a young man here, Lord, you, he feels that He's been here before, he's made the confession before and he just goes back to the same thing over and over again. Lord, would you fill his heart with hope? Would you fill his heart with love? Knowing that it is not by his goodness that he is saved, but it is by your stripes that he is saved and healed. Lord, I pray for my, my brother and my sister who is trying right now. They want to feel your presence, that they just, they just feel numb. They feel nothing. Even if they believe with their head, they feel nothing in their heart. Lord God, would you take their heart of stone and would you give them a heart of flesh? Would they feel their heartbeat for the first time in a long time? Because you have not come to make us feel a little bit better. You have not come to make us a little bit more spiritual. You have come to take things and people and situations and marriages that seem dead and you have come to make them alive in you. You can put your hands down and I just, I wanna solidify this moment for you before we worship and we're gonna pray together. I'm gonna have you, I'm gonna have you acknowledge who you are. And if you're, if you're in, the, in the foyer, if you're online, I, I want you to acknowledge, acknowledge as well, especially here in the sanctuary. I want you to kind of draw a line in the sand and say, yes, Jesus, I, I, I believe. And this is what saves you. It's your faith. It's not this prayer we're gonna pray together. It's your faith in Christ. Let's, let's solidify this moment, young and old together. Not gonna single you out, not gonna bring you on stage, anything like that. But would you just, would you put your heads down again? 
If you're here and you've never put your faith in Christ, or maybe your faith has always been attached to a loved one, to a parent, to a grandparent, but it has never really truly been your own. And you wanna make that declaration here today. You wanna make Jesus not just your savior, but also your, he's your Lord. Or maybe you feel like you've been gone for a really long time. Maybe you've been in church and you still feel like I've been gone. My heart has not been here. And you feel his presence right now. You just wanna return. You wanna let him, even though he already knows, you wanna let him know, Lord, I'm returning right now in this moment. If that's you, if you wanna make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, with all of our heads down, with all of our eyes closed, would you raise your hand nice and high so I know who I'm praying with? I see, yeah, there's a ton of you. So if you feel any shame, put that hand up because you are not alone. And if you got it halfway up, would you throw it? I see you guys in the back. Throw it all the way up. It's important that you do this because you are acknowledging before the Lord that my heart and my life is yours. Anybody else? There's a lot of hands that went up. So anybody else? I see you guys in the back. Anybody else? So good. Praise you, Lord. The Lord sees you in the foyer. He sees you online. And so would you do this, church fam? If you're here in the sanctuary, would you stand? And we're gonna pray together standing because really, again, we're already saved as we are. So go ahead, just stand where you are. And here's what we're gonna do is I'm gonna give you the prayer. Throw your words and your heart behind it out even in the foyer. And if you've prayed this prayer before, would you just pray it nice and loud for your many brothers and sisters making that declaration today? Would you repeat after me, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner in need of a savior. Come into my heart and into my life. Change me however you want. Be my Lord and my savior. Give me life. If you made that decision here today for the first time or yet again, the enemy is gonna tell you it's not a big deal. Tomorrow you're gonna wake up and you're gonna be like, it's like every other day. Nothing has changed. Here I am again. Two things I want you to do. I want you, you might have to check the time. I don't even know what time it is. You, you need to check the time and it's April 9th. I want you to write April 9th and this time in your Bible. So it's the first thing that you see when you doubt this moment right here. And I want you to tell somebody. Somebody brought you, I want you to let them know. You're watching online, let somebody know. Your mom, who you know has been praying for you for so long, let her know. Be the best Easter she's ever had. And if you made that decision, would you let us know? So would you text welcome home to 77411? We'll put it up on the screen. And it's gonna be up during this whole worship song. So we're gonna have this, this time of worship together. We're gonna sing champion together. We're just gonna let God's praise and we're gonna just glorify him here online, the foyer, and let it go out into the street for all I care. I want everybody to know that he is our champion. And so you can go ahead, even during this song, go ahead and let us know and then as you leave today, we're gonna have our prayer team. They're gonna have these bags for you. And there's these welcome bags that are gonna welcome you into the kingdom. They're gonna give it to you as you go. If you're online, fill out the form after you text. We'll mail it to you because we love you so, so much. If your kids made that decision, let us know for them. We'll mail your kids something. And so let's end this service in this posture of worship. And you know what, it, it, what always would kill me when we do these Easter services is we get to the best part and then we're like, okay, goodbye guys. And then we all leave and we all forget, we go to lunch. And so let's just 
soak in his presence for a moment. Let's glorify him and worship him before we leave today. For our Jesus is not dead, but we know, we know, we know, we know that our Jesus is very much alive. Would you say amen to that? Let's worship. We hope you were blessed by this weekend sermon. If this is your first time joining us, we welcome you to check out our website, newhopeleeward.org, to learn more about us and how you can get connected into our Ohana. We hope you'll join us again soon.